I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic, a podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and the other stuff. Like parenting. Yep, definitely. Some months ago, and we've sort of talked about this a little bit in some sidetracks that we've taken on some episodes. But to recap, some months ago, you got some emails. I got two emails on a holiday weekend and felt fortunate I did not read them until they were both there on the last day of that weekend. So the Monday, probably one of those kind of three-day weekend things. And before you read them, a couple days prior, our boy had come home and it had just been kind of bad, like... He did not want to go back and it was, he was melting down or there was a problem or she had asked you to come get him or I don't even remember what it was, but I remember thinking, oh, that's going to be a while before he wants to go back. Yeah, I don't remember that, but uh, I remember some things that have happened like that. So I'm going to go with your sequence. Okay. Yes. And then you get a phone call or maybe he wanted to call her or something And there was no, when am I coming over? There was no, when can you come visit me? And I remember you saying something along the lines of, well, that tracks with whatever the last visit had been like. Yes. But then you get these emails. The emails I remember. Yes. And they were both wrong. The first one was basically, what a terrible parent I was. And the second one was basically, I'm not going to see him for a while and I'm not going to explain myself. Oh, for goodness sake. But I'm still going to do Boy Scout camp and do something else and do something else. And I thought, no, you're not doing any of that. Right. And I think we did talk about that when we talked about you preparing him for Boy Scout camp and taking him there. Yes. So when all that happened, you knew from decades of experience with this person, that the best thing to do would be to not reach out, let it sit until she was ready to have appropriate, personable, functional communication again. Yes. And I think that has mostly come out of recent experience dealing with her and the boy over the last year, two years, three years, something like that. I I looked at those emails and I thought, I'm not interested in any of this nonsense and I'm not buying into it. And so I'm not responding. I felt like I was being baited and I I wasn't, I wasn't going to go for it. So I wasn't going to respond. And in all that time, since then, there has not been any follow-up. She's had no contact at all. And she hasn't pursued any. No. And the thing is, Every single person who knows this situation knows that if she wants to pursue something, she damn well will. Yes. And so if she wanted to talk to her kid, she could call you at any time. Or she could send an email. Or a text. Whatever. Or a birthday card. I don't know. (laughs) I'm just thinking of other ways to communicate. Like, Um, there are myriad ways that she could have if she was interested in contacting him, that she could have done so. But she said in her last email that she was not going to see him again for a long while. Yeah, I can't remember the exact wording in all of it, but I just thought, I didn't believe it because I never believe any of it. She has proven herself untrustworthy. Yeah. But? But I thought, well, I'm not responding to this anyway, so, you know. As I was thinking about it, I thought, I don't want her to have any direct contact with him at this point without me knowing. Yes. So I took her off of his watch phone, which only has programmable numbers. So Mm -hmm. no one can call him unless they're in there. Right. And he didn't notice that. He didn't notice that for like six weeks. It was six. It was a month and a half. It was, yeah, it was 
some several weeks. And he noticed it when he got his new glasses and he wanted to show the glasses to her. Mm -hmm. And the reason that you didn't want that to happen is because it's been pretty clear in the past that she has said things to him that were not true, that were designed to implicate us or implicate members of our and therefore his chosen family in her ailments, illnesses, hardships, life difficulties. Well, and the emails indicated that, again, I was the problem, and you were the problem, and everybody else was the problem. and You can't let her take that attitude to no, him. No, Not without somebody watching. No, not at all. It took like six weeks before he realized that that had happened. So like you said, when he got his new glasses, he did want to show them to her because that's his mom. Well, yeah, and he wanted to show them off because he liked them. He did like them. Yes. But? But she wasn't in his watch. First, he... He right before she did that, she did get rid of her like Facebook Messenger or something like that. And he called her and said, Hey, I tried to FaceTime you and, and she said, Oh yeah, about that. Like trying to tell him it wasn't there, but he, he had his own agenda and off that went. And mm-hmm. Yeah, because they used to make FaceTime calls or yes. like messenger calls. Yeah. Through your Facebook. And she had taken me off of her Facebook. So that wasn't an option. And he, he didn't really notice any of that. But so at this point, he wants to show her the glasses. And he's, and I say, well, let's finish what we're doing. And then we'll talk about that. Because I needed a minute to think. Mm-hmm. So we're yeah. in the kitchen or something. And so we finish with, you know, food and clean up and go up to get him ready for bedtime and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I say, so about calling your mother, Mm -hmm. let's talk about that for a minute. I said to him, do you remember when we were in the car in the garage and your mother called and she wanted to know when you were coming over and you didn't want to go over, you wanted to go play and she got angry and she canceled your spring break trip to the tide pools and went to Thailand instead. And he says, oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, he's going to remember that. He was not happy about having her cancel his trip and then go on her own trip. Right. I said, well, you said she's overreacting. And we've talked about that your mother sometimes overreacts. Yes. And right now she's overreacting. Yep. So he says, well, I'm just going to send her an I love you message. And he goes on his watch and he scrolls through and he realizes she's not there. And he says to me, oh, my God, she's overreacting that much. (laughs) And I said, yeah. And he said, all right. And that was that. Yep. And that was that for a few more weeks. Mm-hmm. And then eventually he got, well, he was being taken off his meds and yes, he which got he, angry at us. And Yeah, he's been on meds for some years now, maybe a year and a half, that help with executive functioning. Yes. And in fifth grade, the teachers noticed a marked difference when he started that med. Was it fourth grade, fifth grade? I don't know that. Anyway. Those are timelines. <laughs> Sorry. The the teachers noticed that he was able to function. Well, we better, noticed. And we noticed, too. You like, could talk to him. When he was getting ready to do something that would get him in trouble, he wouldn't automatically go into the fight-or-flight trouble defense mechanism. He could still function in his forebrain and logic a little bit through trouble avoidance, like being proactive and not doing the trouble thing, as opposed to defensive against the trouble, like, not my fault, I did the terrible thing. Right. But this med causes a relaxing of some of the veins and shows a pattern on his skin. Well, he was also experiencing leg pain. And because 
this med can be a vasodilator. They wanted to make sure that it wasn't contributing to the pain, which may or may not be related to the blood vessel pattern on his legs, the lace pattern, lenticular pattern, I think they called it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so they've taken him off of it. They teared him off of it. It went badly. It did go badly. We had suspensions. We put him back on it, and then we tried to take him off again with another med in its place. Yes. Which is still not working very well. But when these things happened, and he was losing his mind... I mean, literally, I'm not saying that as a figurative or as a pejorative. I'm saying literally he was losing his capability to brain. Yes. He was having tantrum after tantrum, and we were the problem, and he wanted his mommy. And understandably. Right. And he did talk to us. Mostly he was accusing us, but I did answer his questions, and he worked his way through that, you know, accusing us of not caring and not being helpful and so forth. And I answered those questions, and we put him back on his meds. And now we're waiting for the next step of this process because he's on the replacement med and the replacement med is not functioning as well as the proper med, but we'll see. And not only that, but he's supposed to be on a higher dose of it and the doctor's office is not competent at getting the pre-auth. And so they only managed to get a pre-auth to actually get the med increased. They didn't get a pre-auth managed to have him start taking Oh, for fuck's sake. The med early, so we have to wait until the following month. Now, I was trying to do this at the beginning of this month. So if they had gotten that first auth in place, we would have had it at the first of the month. Right. But nothing. Mm -mm. So he's still on half of the manic med at night, so it has a chance to kind of dissipate overnight. Mm Mm-hmm. And the other med that is supposed to be increased in the morning. And as you said, none of which is quite as functional as the one we had to take him off of. Which he's still complaining of leg pain. And the lenticular pattern is still there, although not as pronounced. So I'm hoping that they'll give it back or that they find an even better replacement. We probably won't know that for a while longer. But in the meanwhile, he's still on meds and he's still going to therapy and he's still having tantrums that he always blames us for and always wants his mommy after. Yeah, if he gets upset, he wants his mom. He was sick earlier this week. One, Well, the first morning, Monday morning, he, he said he was sick. And I told him that that was fine. If he was sick, he was going back to bed. He asked me if he could watch things. And I said, absolutely not. If you're sick, you're home to rest. And he said, never mind. And he went to school. And then the next day, he did stay home sick. Mm-hmm. And he wanted screens for me, a phone or tablet or TV, and I wouldn't give it to him. And he outright told me. Oh my gosh, this is terrible. But blackmail, if you would just give me a screen, I could calm down because I would be distracted. Oh my gosh. And he's having like this meltdown hissy fit where he's crying and yelling and screaming about the pain. But somehow a screen will make his pain better. Well, and then he comes down the hall and he says, I want my mom. My mom would take care of me. And I said, dude, your mother is not speaking to us right now. So that's not going to work. Right. And that was the end of that. Mm-hmm. He went to grandma. He's got this sense, especially when he's upset, that love is equated with enabling and like gestures of affection. Well, grandma's got the gestures of affection. Mm-hmm. Like all the coddling and cuddling and giving. Lots of giving associated with love for this kid. Like, 
Well, and he was missing Grandma. Yeah. I understand he's going to miss his mother. And I know he was missing Grandma because, quite frankly, Grandma kind of had her fill of him when we were all separated and having to... Play musical houses. Yeah. And she had to watch him a lot and have him at her house a lot. Mm-hmm. And deal with his obstinance and accusing her of child abuse and mm-hmm. other things. And because so that's now a functional tactic to get what you want. Well, it didn't work at Grandma's house. No, it didn't. No. So she kind of was overdone with him. Mm-hmm. And then she has my aunt at her house. And my aunt and my son are... Two toddlers. Yes. Getting them to play nicely in the sandbox. Is even more challenging than getting your aunt and your mother to play nice was. Yes. So most of the time, no one wants to deal with that kind of stuff. Right. And, and my aunt lives there. So. And, but grandma had really distanced herself from him for quite a while. Mm-hmm. In part because of dealing with his mother, and in part because of all the time she had to deal with him. Mm-hmm. And that was hard on him. Yeah. So he, he did ask to call grandma, and I said, we could call grandma if he could calm down. And we called grandma. He did calm down. Enough as soon as to, he got a thing that he wanted, he was able to calm down. Yeah, and I was okay with him talking to grandma. Yeah. So she tried to talk to him. He wouldn't calm down enough. So she thought he should go to the urgent care, or cl- you know, ER or something, and mm. make sure there's nothing wrong with him. Right. And that actually did cure him. Oh, no. What did he say about that? I I started getting ready, and he said, what are you doing? And I said, Grandma said I have to take you to the clinic. And he says, oh. And then I'm, you know, getting ready. And he says, well, so I don't think we need to do that. And I said, well, Grandma said we do. And then he thinks a little bit, and he says, well, after that, can we go to Taco Bell? Oh, my God. And I'm, I'm, you know, internally rolling my eyes all the way back Mm -hmm. in my head. And uh, I said, no, you can't eat Taco Bell if your stomach hurts, because this is all about his stomach. Right. And I could see him thinking, like the wheels turning in the back of how to get himself out of the corner he painted himself into. Right. And he says, you know, uh, I don't, I don't want to go because they might give me a pill and then they won't let me eat. And I said, oh, they absolutely don't want you to eat. I, I can't give you any food because they're going to not want me to have given you any food. They might have to do x-rays or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, now he's really, you know, turning the wheels in there. Oh. <laughs> and uh, he decides he's he's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he probably would like to eat something and, and lay down. I think that's just a great idea. Yeah. yeah. Like, he realized at that point that all of his histrionics had gotten him the wrong kind of attention. Yes. And, and that's good because I, I'm really quite sick of taking him to the ER. Yeah. He's had a lot of doctor appointments the past couple months, and it doesn't look like they're going to slow down within the next month or two. No, He's but, got two of them But tomorrow. anytime, like he, he was doing this at school while we were changing all the meds. Oh my gosh. He would, he would do something like, one, one time it was, um, I, I can't remember what he did. One of the he times- overoiled his trumpet valves. Yeah, and sucked the oil in. <laughs> and then, you know, started having a coughing fit and it, in a so-called asthma attack, and and because it was poison, the school had to call poison control, and yada yada, and I had to take him to the ER and so forth. And he had already been there earlier that week for some type of physical injury that some other kid had ran into him on the playground, or I don't know what. Mm-hmm. So he was a frequent flyer at the ER, mm-hmm. basically to get out of class. Oh yeah. And I was getting fed up with it. We needed him to get fed up with it. And that was the thing. Yeah. Because this is what we did with number one when he was threatening suicide 
like every other week. And so for about a month Only and a half, school. for about a month and a half, I would have to go and pick him up at school and take him to the mental health hospital for evaluation. And they would evaluate him and say, nope, he's really not going to hurt himself or anyone else. He, he eventually did get tired of it. He did eventually get tired of it, but that's just how it has to be. You have to treat it like it's serious every time and let them know that this is the kind of attention that you get if you're negative attention seeking. If you're positive attention seeking, here are the better ways to get attention. But mm-hmm. sometimes they're not willing to hear that in the moment. You just have to follow through with the negative attention. So he ate a peanut butter and jelly sandwich mm-hmm. and he did fall asleep. Mm-hmm. He probably was actually experiencing a bit of a tummy ache. It's going around. Yeah. But he tends to use these ailments as attempted leverage. Oh, yeah. He was downright trying to blackmail me. Oh, yeah. And there was no way in hell he was getting a screen. Especially not after, like, minutes and minutes of sobbing and wailing and shouting that he was in so much pain that he'd be able to calm down with the screen. Yeah. No. Yep. So when he has fits like that, of course he wants his mom. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this totally confused me when you said, no, that's a thing that people do. Like, there's even memes about it. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I guess there are that people want their mommy when things are very hard or very frustrating or very upsetting. Yes. Because mm-hmm. neither of us were raised in situations in which wanting one's mommy would actually be a valid problem solving strategy. Not necessarily. But, so, but he's a kid. He is a kid. Kids want their mommy. Kids do want their mommy, and she gives him the excessive overt displays of affection that he desires. She gives him all the privileges that he wants, all the time, energy, free time. Until she doesn't. Until she doesn't, at which point he hates her and never wants to see her again and comes home. Mm -hmm. And she tells you that you need to tell your boy to talk nicer to his mother. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, who wouldn't want that when things are hard? So I can understand that he wants her when he's frustrated, but... Well, I understand, too, that now it's been months and he misses her. Mm-hmm. I expect that. What I didn't expect was that after taking him to therapy twice, both of the times that you finally were able to get there, mm-hmm. and he had total, total meltdowns the whole time we were there... About his mommy. Yes. When I wasn't there, he would pin all of his frustrations on me. When I was there, the therapist asked right out, last time you said you were frustrated with your mom XYZ, is that still a problem? And can we talk about problem solving? And number two child would say, no, no, it's all right. No, she's okay. No, there's not a problem. Right. But two of the times he sobbed to the point where the therapist is looking at me and saying, well, I don't think this is going to be very productive. And we were only 10 minutes in and I was like, oh no, we're not going anywhere yet. But he spent so much time sobbing that I thought he probably wouldn't want to go anymore because it was very uncomfortable. And so I had our babysitter friend ask him, hey, I think he has therapy on Friday, which I had the dates wrong, but anyhow, can you check with him if he wants to go? And and she did. And he said, sure. And I was like, After going twice and spending your whole time completely miserable, you still want to go back. So you're still getting some benefit or some perceived benefit at least out of it. Yes. And then I asked him myself because I had the date wrong. So then I said, hey, I had the date wrong. It's not until next week, but it's on a different day next week. But you want to go? And he said, oh, yeah. And I was like, okay, I guess he's getting something out of it. Right. 
you know, I couldn't tell you what, but okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, because, well, it just really surprised me. Yeah. I didn't want to make him go there again. Right. If he didn't want to go, and he's not really at this point, especially without his meds, he's not able to really engage with the therapeutic process. No, but the one time the therapist was able to give you and me a good 50-minute break. Yes. <laughs> and so, Which we sorely needed. Oh my gosh, that was after he had been suspended twice in two weeks. But twice in five days. Twice in five days. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. The last time he had gone that I was there, he finally heard, you know, that because he was still trying to push the maybe mom doesn't know, maybe mom doesn't understand, maybe we just need to tell her this or or show her that. And, you know, I I felt kind of like an asshole saying it, but I, I felt that he needed to hear it. No, your mother said, I will not see him. And he needed to hear that and process it. And even though I felt kind of like an asshole confronting him with that, like he was able to work through then, oh, is that my fault? No, no, that's not your fault. Oh, what this, what that? No, it's your mother just needs time to figure things out. It's not your fault. Yes, it hurts. Yes, it sucks. But we're here for you. Yeah, I think it was good a good place to be able to do that. Yeah. So the therapist could help us with it. And the therapist is a witness for us, but also in the boy's eyes, because the therapist has met his mother. Mm-hmm. The therapist is a witness for the boy as well. Mm-hmm. The kid can look at the therapist like, is this what's happening? Mm-hmm. And get some feedback or interaction about that. So. Yeah. And I think he, he needs that because she has gaslit him so hard and she has accused us of gaslighting him to the point where he believed it, that he doesn't know who to trust anymore, but he knows that he can trust his therapist. Apparently. So that's, I mean, a good outcome, even if he can't really engage with the process of examining his own behaviors or anything like that yet, having that relationship and building it will be... Immensely helpful, I think, especially once he gets his better meds back. Yeah, better meds. Better meds. They're nowhere in sight right now. It's hard, but we'll get there. So in all this meanwhile, we did end up also having a meeting with the school because of all of his behavior challenges and med changes, making more behavior challenges. And they were doing a behavior study even. They were. In this behavior study, he realized he was being watched. And when he realized he was being watched, he was able to rein in his behaviors. So he does have some sense of personal efficacy over his behaviors and choices, even if he doesn't see it as such. That's a good thing. And he does have some skill as self-regulation, even if only in limited situations and for limited time periods. So having those skills and those awarenesses are things that we can build on once he's able to cognitively engage with that process again. Right. So that was encouraging, but... What was not encouraging was the looks on the poor teacher's faces who've been dealing with him for four months. <laughs> the, the, the meeting validated my reality because he interrupts the entire class 24 times. Average, average. 24 times per period, per, per hour, class hour, 40, 50. Up to 48 minutes. times in one class. Averaging 24. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's nuts. How can anything happen in a class like that? That's exactly my life. I know. I just sat there looking at them going, whoa, there's scientific evidence that that's really what happens. 
he cannot engage in any situation unless he is the focus of the situation. And so nobody else can get anything done. That's right. At home, you get way fewer chores done now than you ever used to. So do I when he's around. We go to the store. We can't get half the things on the list if he's with us. We forget what we're doing because we're so busy managing. You and I were starting to feel like, what are we doing wrong? But no, other teachers are experiencing the same thing. Other teachers, you just said. Other caregivers, other people responsible for our kid. Yes. And they looked worn out. They did. Oh and, my gosh, and they I, did. I felt for them. Uh-huh. Yeah. They decided to put him in a different... Well, they asked us. ...set of class. Well, yeah, they said... And I said, absolutely. And those teachers looked, looked so relieved. relieved. Oh my gosh, yes. The change in body posture when you said, yes, go ahead and change him, was like the weight of the world oh. had been lifted off of their shoulders. The weight of his dysfunction had been lifted off of their shoulders. Well, he had already decided they were bad guys now. Mm-hmm. So it was an uphill battle for them. He always decides that his teachers who actually challenge him and hold him to account are always the bad guys. He said that teachers were targeting him or picking on him because he's naughty or because they think he's naughty or because he used to get in trouble, but now they just think he's trouble. He said that about teachers since, what, like first or second grade. And it's like number zero's fiance said the other day, like you could believe that once or twice, but if he's saying it every year about every teacher, he's not getting all the teachers with targeting behaviors. Nope, he's not. I think they were very patient, actually. I think they were too. Looking at their grade books and looking at their way of doing things and their descriptions of how their classes were run made me think they were probably some of the best people in that school for him to be placed with. Mm -hmm. And then they moved him to the other best people to be placed with, which they said, he's our one male sixth grade teacher. So mm -hmm. let's see if he responds differently to a man. And we're waiting to see how that works because it's only been, what, week, week and a half back? Yes. So we will see. We will. And meanwhile, number three gets dressed up in cosplay and runs around the parking lots of stores taking pictures for her Instagram. Yep. Which is a thing that some teenagers do, and there's way worse things for her to be doing, and she's getting outside and getting fresh air. And Well, it's a parking lot, so I don't know how fresh the air is, but you know, <sighs> it's outside. She climbs on the rock walls by the roads and gets her pictures up there on top of a rock wall. And so being, being a, outdoors and creative. And, and I, I being think, a silly teenager is yes. worthwhile. Yes, I agree. And she's, you know, into healthy and not destructive and not antisocial teenagery habits. Right. Sometimes it's funny because she's almost a t trope of a teenager sometimes. Though. Yes. Yes. Especially like tonight when you're what, trying to talk reasonably to her and she's getting very fed up with you. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh. The good thing is if she started teenagerdom early, she started when she was 11. Mm -hmm. Some months before her 12th birthday, she started acting teenagery. Her brother, number one, was much the same and also finished acting like the worst of teenagerdom early. Yes. So here's hoping that she finds some sense of... Well, and I think it's a little easier to manage them when they're younger anyway. So it's kind of a, mm -hmm. an advantage that way too. Yeah. If they're being crazy teenagers at 17, 18, then there's much less accountability or options to maintain accountability. A lot fewer potential consequences or enforcement when they're bigger. It's, it's harder. And... 
Her brother, number one, has tried to go to the UK twice and failed both times and still not working. No, but you and I made him apply for a job. We did. He came over for Christmas and he stayed the night for a couple days and we made him apply for a job while he was here. Well, I I gave him the dad lecture. You did. It was a very good dad lecture. (laughs) Tell me about this. Uh Uh-huh. And then you sat him down and had him fill out the job application. I think it was the first time he had ever actually properly filled out a full application. Like, having us sit there with him and walk him through it. Since he got that job offer when he was 17. Well, yeah. He got the job offer at 17, but then he didn't take that. I don't know how much of it is anxiety and how much of it is lazy. Doesn't matter. It's still not a job. Nope. But number zero finally is content with their job. Yes. Although they don't have insurance yet, and they've been having all the health problems. Of course, all the health problems happen when they don't have insurance. Yeah, that happens to lots of people. And they also got engaged. Yes. So we're still parenting. Is there anything gendery about parenting? Anything about like the way that they interact with you as a dude? Or the kids interacting with you as a dude? Probably. I, I find it likely, but okay. I couldn't give you any examples. It is late and you are tired. Well, yeah, there's that, and there's not time to sort that out. As we said when we're managing the boy, there's not time for sorting anything. At all. Ever. Mm -mm. So. The only reason I got that wall painted is because he was playing at a friend's house. I think we have effectively substituted playing at a friend's house for going away to another parent's house. It happens in shorter increments, but it happens way more frequently. And I think overall the time is adding up about the same. Well, interestingly enough, now that he has his phone, he does have a handful of friends that he talks to and makes plans with. Yes. And it seems to be going well for him. I think it's going to be a good learning curve for him. Yes, his social life is functioning like a typical sixth grade middle schooler. He calls friends. He plays video games with friends. He calls to schedule the video games with friends. He calls to schedule hangout times with friends. Mm -hmm. Some of them actually even call him sometimes. They do, or they tell him to call. Mm -hmm. Or they call and tell him, go online. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, he's doing the thing. He is totally doing the thing, which is also really encouraging. It is. And I think that probably wouldn't have happened if he was still spending all that time in another house because he would have other distractions and other drama to keep him busy. Well, and he dares to have his own social life, and that could also be yeah, an issue. Yeah, that was offensive somehow. Mm-hmm. So anyway, is that it? I think that's it. Okay. We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening! Are we good? I don't know. What does the thing say about the microphone? It says it's a Yeti. Okay, good, because it's way over there and I can't see it, so... Well, there's a basket in the way. Yes.
because we just painted and we're not putting everything back against the walls right now. Nope. Thank you for helping paint. You're welcome. You did a lot of painting. No, you did a lot of painting, and then I painted today. And you painted last week or so. Okay, well... And yesterday you did a little bit all here and there and there. And it all adds up to probably about the same as what I did overall. Nothing will add up to the amount of work you did on the ceiling. Mother fucking popcorn. (laughs) Anyhow, that's not what we're here to talk about. Are we ready? Yes. Hi, I'm Jess. Orientation and the other stuff. Like parenting. Yep, definitely. Shaking my head, no. (laughs) Apparently that's my word today. I didn't realize I was saying it a lot when they were telling me what was going to happen when I went to the hospital today. And one of the girls said, that's like the fourth time you've said wee. And I'm like, is it? Oh, okay. Had they already given you meds by then? or? I don't know. (laughs) I know at least the first couple times they hadn't. Okay. And they must have found it odd enough to mention it back to you. I, uh, I guess. Yeah. So, that's not what we're talking about. That'll be a blooper. Okay. Whee! Gosh. (laughs) I could see how that would be a little odd. Eh. I also did the thing like you did where you sometimes say, good job, and like you mean it sincerely, but other people take it sarcastically. sarcastically. Mm Mm-hmm. Or cartastically, as our kid would say. Mm -hmm. I I said, good luck to the person looking for a vein in my roly-poly, veiny arms. And she says, oh, don't say that. I said, no, really, genuinely, good luck. (laughs) And she's like, oh, okay, I guess that's all right. (laughs) (laughs) So, parenting. (laughs) My God. You said I was being too quiet today. (laughs) Is it better now? (laughs) I don't know if it's better. It's... (laughs) there. <laughs> it's happening. They're not quiet. Mm-hmm. Did, do you think the microphone picked up that big squeak of my eye? I think it did. Okay. <laughs> You're rubbing was, your eyes. It wasn't even a squeak. It was like a like a creak. Yes, it was like air escaping from the eye socket through the mucous membrane of your eye. Yes, dear. So anyway. <laughs> what do your notes say? So parenting... Ha, 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 ha.